Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Yo, what's up, fam? Everybody doing good today? All right, a little weak, but it's raining. I'll let that slide. You're here, so that counts for something. Uh, Good to see you. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here if we haven't had a chance to meet. For those of you that are watching us online from all over, uh, great to see you. Did a funeral yesterday and met uh, somebody from South Carolina that was tuning in online. So big shout out to our neighbor to the South. We love you. Um, So uh, man, whether you're here, here, or here, here, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, hope you, uh, man, just get closer to God today, understand who his son Jesus is, and experience the life change that we like to talk about here at Revo. This is going to be an easy sermon today because this text and this idea applies to every single person in the room. You know, sometimes a, a pastor has to get up and in like the first few minutes, you got to work at it to convince people that, that this is something that's worthy of their time. Maybe it's a subject that, that they're interested in. Um, but today we're talking about worry. Raise your hand if you're a worrier. Okay, good. And for the people that had their hands down, you're liars. We're glad you're here at church, right? <laughs> Worriers and liars, all are welcomed. Y'all need Jesus. Uh, so welcome to the party. Um, it's, it's interesting. All of us worry some of the time. Uh, some of us worry all the time. But Jesus tells us that none of us should worry any of the time. And I'm curious about what Americans actually worry about. They, they did a study last year, the Pew Research Center did a study on the seven most uh, worrisome ideas and subjects in the minds of Americans. And number one, this is 2022, post-COVID, number one, the future. That's the number one thing Americans worry about. There's just the unknown of what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next month, next year, in every aspect of our life. It's the number one thing we worry about. And in, in, in case that's not you, the number two thing that people worry about the most is the past. <laughs> Imagine that. So if you're not worried about tomorrow, you're probably worried about what happened yesterday. Things that are outside of your control that you can't change anyway. They already happened. And in case you are feeling out and left out, then numbers three through seven are what we're dealing with in the present. <laughs> we've got the future. We've got the past. Number three, we worry about money. Number four, we worry about health. Number five, we worry about job security. Number six, we worry about relationships. And to round out the top seven, most Americans worry about in our country in this day and age, number seven, the worst one of all, what other people think about us. Man, we will worry about what people that we don't even like and we don't even care care about what they think about us. That's wild to think about. But your neighbors, your friends, your boss, your coworkers, complete strangers. If we don't watch out, we'll begin to let that consume us. Now, let me tell you what I'm not going to do, because some of you might already be nervous. Like, you're such a worrier, you're worried about what I'm going to say about worrying. Like, that's how you know you're in the right room right now. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to tell you, you need to get over it. You just need to stop, right? You ever met these people? It's like, faith over fear. <laughs> like, just, just stop. That's your problem. You're worried because you don't have enough faith, and you just need to believe more and try harder and, and just... Just overall, you just need to to worry less. So just stop it. Like, just make the decision. Stop it. Look, if saying stop it would have helped me not to worry, I would have stopped it a long time ago. Like, that's just like, 
walking into my kid's room at night and they, they don't want to go to sleep. They're wide-eyed. They've got a hold of some Mountain Dew or something. And they, they, my daughter's like, well, I'm not, I'm not tired. And if I just looked at my daughter and I said, just fall asleep. Not one time as my daughter looked at me, she's like, oh, oh, that's what to do? Oh, shoot. Okay. And just knocked out. And then, no, you can't just say, don't do something or like just fall asleep. Oh, well, now that you've cleared it up and given me clear directions, asleep. It's not how it works. So I'm not just going to tell you, just get over it, that, that you don't love Jesus enough if you're worrying right now or you got anxiety and, and all of that stuff. Like if, if you could have fixed it on your own, you would have already fixed it by now. And another thing that I, that I understand is like, nobody wants to worry. You know, it's, it's not like everybody's like, yeah, this is worried. This, I like doing this. I've never met a single person that was worried or anxious about something. And I asked them and they're like, you know what? I'm so glad I'm a worrier. And I'm so glad I haven't slept in like three nights. It's just fun. <laughs> it's fun, especially like when the heart palpitations hit, you know, <laughs> and your hands get all sweaty and, and, and I just, I, I can't, find any joy in anything in my life. Love that. Love that. You know, I thought about not worrying one time and I was like, why would you do a thing like that when you could worry? No, nobody wants to worry. Nobody's sitting here saying like, yeah, I I choose this life. Like I really want to. It's really, really great to me. I'm glad that that I'm classified as a, as a worrier. And so I want to look at what the Bible says, because as followers of Jesus, that's our first line of defense. That's the first question we ought to ask ourselves around a subject. What does the Bible say? And, and I think in, in a world that is saying, hey, go to the doctor first, or let's, let's start taking some medication first, uh, I'm, I'm the type of guy that says, hey, first, why don't we go to the Bible? Uh, because doctors love doctors. Go see them. Medicine, if you need it, take it. Don't be embarrassed about it. But let's go to the Bible first. And if you got to go to a doctor or need medicine, it's not a substitute for the scriptures. It's a supplement to it. And so let's figure out as followers of Jesus, if you're on team Jesus in here, this is going to be how we live our life. If you're not on team Jesus, you're going to get a little sneak peek into how people that, that say they're Christians handle the stresses and the difficulties of life and, and, and how hopefully the, the, your Christian friends are a little bit different than, than people that you know that, that maybe not be on, on team Jesus. And so what I'm going to share with you this morning is really simple. It's hard, but it's simple, Right? Uh, it, it's not complex. You, you don't have to be really, really smart to do this or have to be studying the Bible for a really long time. It's really clear. Jesus puts everything on the bottom shelf so that everyone can understand it, but it is difficult. Uh, really clear and really simple, but, but also really hard to do. And so in, in Luke chapter 12, we're going to be in Luke today. Heads up, surprise. Uh, six weeks uh, that we're going through Luke. Uh, if you're reading along with us, we're in Luke chapter 6 this week in our, in, our daily, or in our weekly Bible reading plan. By the end of the 24 weeks in Luke, all three of our campuses will have read through the entire book of Luke. Uh, so really fired up about finishing this book together. But, but today to talk about worry and how it connects to prayer, this prayer series that we in, I want to go to Luke chapter 12. And starting in verse 22, Jesus lays it out for us, uh, lays it out, this simple truth uh, that that I want to challenge you with this morning. In verse 22, it says, then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Jesus starts out by saying, "I, I know there are some uncertainties in your life. I know there's some things that you're worried about. Now, 
rewind back to the first century, it was two of the biggest concerns that people had were, what am I going to eat and what am I going to wear? They didn't have refrigeration back in the day, so you couldn't just go to Walmart on Sunday and and do all the meal planning for the rest of the week. They, They couldn't do that. They were literally reliant on their food hours in advance, thinking about, all right, so what are we going to to eat? Jesus proved that when he fed the 5,000, right? 5,000 people were there at dinner time, and Jesus was the first one to say, so what are we going to eat? No one had planned it. There there was no waffle house down the road that was open 24-7 that everybody could go to. And so people worried about that. What am I going to have for my next meal? There wasn't Walmarts or thrift stores or malls around. If you had clothes, you made them. And some of y'all, like, are not crafty, right? You'd have had a low selection of clothes. And so those are the things that people worried about. So in America, let's be honest, most Americans don't worry about the food that we're going to eat or the clothes that we're going to wear. But that doesn't mean you don't have worries. So here's what I want you to do. Take those two words that Jesus takes, take food and clothing out, and insert whatever you are worried about right now. Jesus said there are some things that everyone is worried about. And for you, they might be very unique, but Jesus covers these in this idea. And and he asks a a big question here. Jesus gives us a thought-provoking idea when he says, you know what, you're worried about food and clothes. And then he says this, but isn't there more to life than just food and clothes? Jesus never asks a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. And so when Jesus asks a question, it's not for him to know, it's for you to know. And so he looks at the people and says, those things that you're worried about, come on, don't, don't you realize, if you were to take a step back, there's more to your life than just that. And I know it's dominating your mindset right now, and it's all you can think about and you're consumed with it. But just, to, just a reminder, isn't there more to life than the things that, that we worry about? Great question that he poses there. And the answer was for us to say, yeah, like, of course. Of course life is bigger than that. And if you would be honest with yourself, that thing that you're worried about, it is important. It is something that's on your mind. But there are so many other aspects of your life that play into what makes your life particular to you. Your family or your job or your finances or your physical, mental, and emotional health. So many other things that Jesus says, man, don't take all your time and energy and effort thinking about those one things because there are so many more things to life than maybe what's on your your mind right now. Jesus is trying to deflate our anxiety when he poses that question. Isn't there more to life than these things? I know it seems really big right now, but there's more to life. You know that, and I know that. Isn't it more than food or clothing? Swap it out. Isn't your life so much more than blank? Whatever's on your mind right now, whatever you're struggling with, Jesus wants to give us uh, some reminders about worry. So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, jot these down. You can open them up in the app, or uh, if you have your Luke notebook, you can drop it down. I want to show you five things this morning from the scriptures that when worry begins to creep into to your, your life, when worry begins to creep into your mind, how do we respond to that so worry doesn't become something that just dominates all of our thinking and our mentality? And Jesus gives us the, the first things right there when, when he says in verse 22 and 23, first thing I want you to jot down is this. Um, Jesus said, I want you to think about what you're thinking about. That was the question that Jesus posed. He says, now think about this. Now, isn't life more than what you are thinking about? 
What's on your mind right now? Paul actually has an interesting phrase in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. He says, I want you to take every thought that you have, take it captive. Like every thought that comes into your heart. This is, this is Paul's way of saying, I want you to think about what you think about. Because any thought, any worry, and then when you think about worry, you got to understand it all stems from one phrase, right? What if? Right? That's what we're worried about. What if? What if we don't have? What if something doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work out? What if it all falls apart? What if I lose this? What if I get this? What if? What if? And our mind begins to run with those things. And here's what Paul says. Anytime you have an idea that comes in your mind, I want you to grab it, seize it, take it captive. This is... I've been flying a little bit lately, so this is on my mind. This is Paul saying, you need to take every one of your thoughts and force them to go through TSA. Just force them. What is TSA there for? It's to make sure that nothing bad gets into the airport. Nothing bad gets into the plane. And so they make you do some crazy stuff. They, they make you, if you got lotion or shampoo or conditioner, you can kiss that goodbye. Because if it's over three ounces, you're going directly to jail. Uh, I don't know what the recipe is for shampoo and conditioner being mixed together, but if you get over three ounces of it, the plane will crash and you can't have that. Um, They make you go through a thermal scanner. Have you been through one of these lately? Uh, I recently came back from Florida holding a book bag on my back. I was wearing North Carolina clothes and so my back was hot. I slide on through the thermal projector thing and the lady says uh it appears that there is a warm spot on your back sir i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna need to check that out i said well you can put your hand back there but you ain't gonna like what you find i mean i can tell you (laughs) i can tell you that right now like i'm getting ready to land and it's gonna be 30 degrees so i got this jacket on and i got this backpack and it's just sweaty back there well she didn't care for that answer she didn't like that one bit and um, so she's like, you know, sir, you, you don't get loud. Okay, you need to calm down. Like if they find something, like you got to take your laptop out. You got to take your iPad out. Uh, like everything out and it goes through the scanner. You better hope you don't have anything metal in your suitcase. Like if they find a screw in your suitcase, like you are going to the private room and you're going to have to drop your pants and they're going to search you with gloves. I'm just telling you, just beware. And that's what Paul said. He doesn't really say that, but that's the way I see it. When he says, take every thought captive, everything that crosses your mind, hey, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What is this? How does this relate to what God's word says about you? How does this relate to what God says you should be acting like and how our minds should be thinking? Man, you better think about everything that you think about because if you don't watch out, you let one idea that you worry about get past the goalie of your mind and now all of a sudden you're dwelling on it. And, you're, and it's all you can think about. And it's like scrolling on social media, like 30 minutes later, you're in some dark hole of conspiracy theories and like you're crying in your bed right now. Take that thought captive, seize that, stop it. Let it go through the spiritual TSA. Think about what you think about, Jesus. Come on now, don't you think about it. Life is more than that, right? Life is bigger then what I know it's a real thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it, but life is so much bigger than those things. So I want you to think about what you're thinking about. Th- this is another way that I like to put it. Sometimes when doubts creep into our mind and we start to worry, um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to learn how to doubt your doubts. 
Right? I, don't, I don't know why, but when a doubt pops into our mind, worst case scenario or something might happen or could happen or I heard something happen, we give our doubts the benefit of the doubt. I don't understand that. Like instead of taking a doubt and saying, yeah, but that's what I'm thinking, but God's word says something very different. And God has made promises that go in direct doubt of this doubt. You need to start doubting your doubts. Take your thoughts captive. Jesus said, man, you want to think about it. I mean, really, come on, think about it. Isn't your life so much more than this one area that's this on your mind right now? So he challenges them with that question. We'll keep going in verse 24. He says this, look, look at the ravens, these birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any bird's. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Take every thought captive. Think about what you're thinking about. Number two, you gotta understand this. Write this down. Worry hurts and prayer helps. Worry hurts and prayer helps. Like it's simple, man. Like let's just really quick, let's run a cost-benefit analysis on worry. Has worrying ever made your life any better? No. Has worrying ever made something happen faster in your life? No. Has worrying ever solved a problem? No. In fact, worrying has never benefited you. If I thought it could benefit you, I'd be the first person to stand up here and say, hey, look guys, here's your homework for this week. Worry all you can, all the time. If you're worried about it, you better worry more. Because if you worry about it, It'll finally get to a point where you have worried it to death and it will die and it will be gone. Now you can worry you to death, but you're not gonna worry your problems to death. It's not gonna work. It's never gotten better by worrying about it. Jesus says, has it ever added anything to your life? Has it ever made your life better? Has it ever expedited anything? Has it ever gone away? No, in fact, worry and anxiety make everything worse. And I love it when science and medicine catches up with Jesus. They're usually a couple of thousand years behind, but we'll let it slide. They're smart people. They'll figure it out. But there's so many studies that have come out in the last 50 years about the adverse effects of anxiety and depression. Uh, researchers and, and doctors will, will talk about uh, heart problems that people have and how they're directed to, to stress and how it takes a toll on your physical body and can age you and your hair's falling out and if it doesn't fall out it turns gray and and everything starts sagging and all that kind of stuff that it happens psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors are now saying listen the toll that mental health of your mental health that that is a result of you worrying and you being anxious, which then leads to depression and it's, it's rampant, it's going on. And I can just imagine Jesus being like, whoa, welcome to the party. So glad you're here, science. I tried to tell you that 2,000 years ago. It doesn't add a single day to your life. It doesn't make anything better. And so I'm, it took you a while, but I'm glad you're here, welcome. It won't help. Worry hurts. But, but prayer actually helps. Now, come on now, be honest. If, <laughs> if worrying made anything better, your life would have already been better by now. Because I know you, you're a professional worrier. 
So if it just dawned on you that I've been worried about something and anxious about something for a long time and that something isn't better yet, then heads up. It's not going to get any better because you're worrying. It's just going to get worse. So the Bible says don't worry about it. Pray about it. Cast all your cares and anxiety on him for he cares for you. If you could have fixed it by now, you would have. It doesn't work that way. So Jesus is trying to help put into perspective what we worry about and how we worry and how we, we respond to it. Here's, here's how he closes it out. Don't be concerned, verse 29, about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. If you don't get anything else I say today, write this down, circle it, highlight it, put a star beside it. You want to learn how to combat worry in your life? Say this out loud every day as often as you can. Number three, God already knows what you need. If a worry pops in, God already knows what I need. You have a father in heaven that knows your needs. That's what Jesus talked about that. I I, I talked about that on the 21 days of prayer. I don't know if you're tracking along with our podcast, but this morning's episode dropped and and I told this story about uh, things that my kids have never done. I have two daughters. My kids don't worry about anything. Never had a worry in their entire life. In fact, I sat down with my youngest the other day and uh, I, I said, have you guys ever been stressed? And Lydia said, yeah, I'm stressed all the time. I busted out laughing. I was like, you, girl, you don't know what stress is. You have not been stressed a single day in your life. My kids have never come up to me and said, dad, we just, um, we didn't know if we were gonna eat dinner tonight. And we were worried about it. We just, we're just not sure where our next meal is gonna come from. My daughters have never come downstairs and said, Dad, I don't know what I'm going to wear to school today. Like, what clothes? My, my daughters have, have never come to me and walked into my office and said, Dad, I know this is where you pay the bills. Are, are, are we going to have enough to pay the bills? Is the mortgage going to get paid this month? Never. Never worried about that. You know what they're worried about? Are we going to get Chick-fil-A or McDonald's? Which one, Which one Dad? What, what if I order a six count and there's only five in there? They don't worry about it. You want to know why? Because they know they have a dad that knows every one of their needs. Every time they turn their light switch on, they know the electricity is going to come on. Why? Because a dad paid the bill because he knows they need electricity. When they come down for dinner, they don't have to wonder, are we going to have anything? Why? Because they have a dad that knows we eat dinner every night. And you're going to wake up tomorrow and have clothes to wear. And I'm going to take you to school. And I'm going to make sure you have everything that you need. Why? Because they have a father that knows what they need. You and I have a heavenly father that is better than any dad that you've ever seen. The best dad in here is a loser compared to how much God loves you. And how much God knows. And I frankly would be offended if my daughters ever came downstairs and were worried about if they were going to have anything to eat, I would look at them and be like, have you ever skipped a meal before? Like, have you ever gone to school with no pants on before? 
Like, have you ever woken up and you didn't have electricity or heat or like everything that you ever wanted? No. So why are you going to start doubting me now? What has dad ever done to make you worry about anything? And if their earthly dad can say that, how much more can your heavenly father say? Because he knows everything you need. And he's always come through. God's batting a thousand in your life. There's never been a time where God didn't give you what you needed. And so Jesus says, hey, you got to remember that God will give you what you need. You have a father that knows your needs. Now, caveat, I'm not saying that you should go and quit your job and sit at home on your hands and watch Netflix all day and be like, Pastor said God would provide for my needs. <laughs> no, we got to work hard. We got to be responsible. Uh, we got to honor God in everything, but you're going to put your head on the pillow at night knowing that the Bible says that you have a father that knows exactly what you need. So why worry? Don't worry about it. The father knows your needs. So let me tie this worry into prayer because we're in this 21 days of prayer under the cloud, getting into God's presence, connecting with him in a, in a real way. And I want you to flip over to Philippians 4 and let me close it down with this because Paul makes a direct correlation with the worries in your life to our prayer life and how we respond to God. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 6, here's what he says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Man, those two words in verse 6, anything and everything. Man, that, that, that should slap you right there. Don't worry about anything. All right, what about the big stuff? Anything. What about the stuff that nobody else knows about? Anything. Little stuff? The stuff with my family? With my marriage? With my kids? With my fine, yeah, anything. Don't worry about anything. And pray about everything. The little stuff, does God really care about that? The, the little stuff, pray about everything. Everything. The big stuff, the little stuff, the personal stuff, the non-personal stuff, the stuff that you wouldn't tell or voice to anyone else and the things that are real near and dear to your heart. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You gotta understand, Paul says, worry is an invitation to prayer. Every time you worry, imagine God's handing you an invitation. Here you go, you're invited. Open it up. Hey, where are we going? Prayer. Pray about that. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Now, let me, let me clear something up because the Bible says don't worry. But in the Greek, that phrase is don't dwell on worrisome thoughts. Because everybody's going to worry. You can't control what thoughts pop into your head. What you can control is whether you dwell on them or not. So Paul doesn't say, you better not have an anxious thought. And if not, it's because you don't love Jesus. It's like, nope, anytime you have an anxious thought, don't dwell on it. Don't, don't let it take you to a dark place in your mind in any, in any of that way. Don't dwell on those. Instead, pray about, about everything. Verse, verse 8, he says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Here's a hard one. Fourth thing I want you to write down. The Bible teaches us that we have to think before we feel. Culture says the exact opposite. Culture is obsessed with how you feel. Oh, you feel hurt? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that upsets you? I'm so sorry. And Jesus is like, 
don't let your emotions tell you what to think. Think and let your mind tell your emotions how to respond. That's what happens, man. Emotions follow thoughts. That's why Jesus, he doesn't say, I want you to feel loving feelings. No, he says, I want you to think on lovely things because your thoughts determine your feelings. Think about these things. Culture is saying, feel first and respond however you feel. And the Bible says, nope, take every thought captive, think first, and your thoughts will determine your feelings. It'll dictate how you respond. Don't let your heart tell you what to do and drive you in the right direction. Scripture already tells us your, your, your heart is an idol factory. It will lead you down the wrong road. Don't trust your, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't do that. Who ever saying that? Don't do it. Think about things and let your thoughts then dictate your feelings. Think about holy good, trustworthy. Think about the promises of God. Think about such things and your feelings will follow your thoughts. Last, last verse, he closes it out, verse, verse nine. Think about those things and, and keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and you saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Last thing is this. Oh man, Practice what you preach. Pra- uh, practice makes perfect. Practice what you preach. Practice makes perfect. Write that down. Man, I would love to tell you that I'm going to pray and I'm going to say amen. And all of a sudden, you are never going to have another worry in your whole life. And immediately you will be free from it. And if you sow a seed of money into our offering basket, oh, you're like, no, no, it's not how it works. This is what Paul says. You got to practice. Until it's perfect. I want you to practice these things. Take these things that we've learned in the Bible and apply them and practice them. And you're going to have to practice them over time because it won't change overnight. You're not going to walk out of this room and miraculously you're never going to worry or have an anxious thought in your life again. It's not how it works. Paul says, practice such things. And maybe that's your first step right now. Maybe the first step is, hey, I'm going to take these things that the Word says and I'm not going to let my emotions run rampant. I'm going to seize and, and capture every thought, spiritual TSA agent right now. That's what my brain's going to turn into. And I'm going to trust that I have a, a father in heaven that knows my needs. And I'm going to remind myself of that every single day and not let my thoughts be dictated by my emotions and my feelings, but to think on the things that God has called us to. Maybe that's your next step. Just practice. Just try it. And it won't be a 180 overnight. It won't. But I think if you apply these things, practice what you learn, then the Bible says that your worries will soon be replaced with the peace of God. Isn't that what you want? I mean, that's why we're worried. It's a lack of peace. There's something going on in our life that we don't have peace about. We don't have clarity. We don't have discernment about. And Paul says that only comes from God. And so I want to do a swap. I want to give you an opportunity. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And I want to pray for you. And then I just want to give you a couple of minutes. Uh, before we sing our last song, I just want to give you a couple of minutes. Just you and God. I'm going to pray out loud. And then for, for about two minutes, let's give it two minutes. For two minutes, I'm just going to ask you to talk to God. And I want to, I want to take food and clothing out of the sentence. And I want you to take whatever you're concerned about, whatever you're worried about, Whatever has kept you up at night, however your emotions are running rampant right now, I want you to take those things and put it into the sentence. God, I'm worried about this. I'm thinking about it, man. And I'm trying to think about what I'm thinking about. And so I need some help, God. Like I'm gonna say it. 
I have a father that knows what I need. I have a father that loves me, that cares for me, that's batting a thousand percent in my past of his goodness and his kindness and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and his provision for my life. So God, I don't want my feelings to take me down a rabbit hole. I don't want to be there anymore. So I'm just going to learn how to trust you. God, I'm just going to practice. I know I'm not going to be able to do it the first time perfectly, but here's my first shot. And let's just see. Man, let's just see what happens when you swap out your worries and you read the promises that we see in scripture that God will take your worries and give you his peace. Interested? Yeah, I am. I don't know anybody that doesn't want a little bit more peace right now in their heart about what's going on. So I want to pray. I'll pray out loud, and then I want to give you an opportunity to pray at your seat. And then we're going to close with this. We're going to close with a song singing about the goodness of God. Because when you cast your cares upon him, it's got to be backed up with something that we worship and serve a God that loves us, that cares for us so much so that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us that if he had our eternity in mind and planned for that, then don't you think he's got a plan for your Monday? Don't you think he knows what your life holds moving forward? He's got it. He's got a plan. He knows your needs. Let me pray for you and then give you an opportunity just to connect with God. And we'll close talking and singing and worshiping a good God that's got a good plan for your life. God, help us right now. This is not a natural response for us just to cast all of our cares on you. We'd rather hold them in. We'd rather think about them and dream and scheme and worry and and come up with plan A and plan B and plan C. And God, it takes a toll on our minds, on our hearts, on our relationships. And so God, as as your people get real honest with you right now. In a minute, when, when, when they get bold and brave enough to bring their worries and cares and name them to you in prayer, God, I'm gonna believe what your word says, that through practice and reminders of who you are and how much you love us, by seizing every thought captive, and choosing to meditate on what is lovely and what is pure and what is noble and what is right in your character, that God, eventually, you will begin, even right now, to trade our anxiety and worry for your peace. So God, I'm, I'm just asking you to do what your word already said you would do. And so now would you hear the prayers of your people and meet with us in a very personal way as we cast our cares upon you. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.